Welcome to Down There Aware, a podcast bringing attention to gynecologic cancers and women's healthcare. Disclaimer, we talk about a lot of stuff on this podcast. Health stuff, girl stuff, period stuff. So if you don't want to hear that, you should turn us off. But you'll miss out on all of the educational opportunities. best way to start this podcast would be to tell you who I am and to give you a little bit of background about my cancer story. My name's Alex and I'm 33. I'm single. I have no children, but I have the best dog and her name is Sadie. My cancer story starts like most people's with a trip to the doctor. I've started a new birth control. I've had some skin issues, some acne issues, and I need to take control of this I can tell that it's in line with my period and hormone fluctuations, so I'm assuming a hormonal birth control will take care of that. I took it as prescribed. My GP prescribed it, and I subsequently bled for a month. And not just a normal period. I bled so heavily for a month, I had to use a tampon, super plus, and an overnight pad. Sometimes two kind of overlapping in the middle to make a super long one just for potential accidents. During this month, I actually took a trip to Scotland for work, and it was the most horrifying experience being on a five-hour flight and knowing that I could bleed over at any moment. Upon returning from my trip... I decided to go back to my GP and tell him that I was concerned that I had not only continued to bleed, but I was passing very large clots and I was changing a super plus tampon every 30 to 40 minutes. He ordered blood work and an ultrasound. The blood work came back with low iron and he deemed me anemic probably from all the heavy bleeding. The ultrasound showed that I had a thick uterine lining. I didn't know what the heck that meant, but whatever. And because of those two test results, he decided to send me to a specialist, a gynecologist in my area who specialized in heavy bleeding and other bleeding disorders. I set up an appointment as soon as I could. And when I visited with him, he was in the best mood and I really liked him. But he said, this is pretty common, particularly because you're overweight, but it's a very simple fix. We just need to go in there and clean you out. It's called a DNC. And then after you're healed from that, we'll put in an IUD that will prevent your uterine lining from growing. If you could see the motion he did when he was describing cleaning me out, you would cringe too. But it seemed like a simple plan. He said it could be precancerous, but that I was for sure too young to get endometrial cancer. So we scheduled the DNC and I had that on July 10th, 2019. It went really well. Days before the procedure, I went to Target with my mom because I was afraid I was going to have to buy adult diapers because everything I read said you could bleed really heavily after the surgery. I didn't bleed at all. In fact, I never bled again. I was feeling so good. I left for a work trip. 
I had this trip planned. It was a conference and it was in Pennsylvania. I had never been to Pennsylvania, so I was excited to check out the local area and enjoy the conference. I got to Pittsburgh and did what I normally do. I walked around, saw different local things, ate different local food. It was great. The next morning, I had um, a little bit of free time before the opening reception of the conference. Being in Pittsburgh, I decided that it was worth a drive out to the 9-11 memorial. I rented a car and drove out to Shanksville to pay my respects and view the memorial. When was I ever going to be in western Pennsylvania again? The memorial was very moving, and I was emotional most of the day. Fortunately, I was alone and could really sink into my thoughts. After visiting the last of the 9-11 memorials, I jumped in the car and went to return it to the airport. I was in rush hour traffic, but I was definitely going to be able to make it, drop off my car, get an Uber, and catch the first opening reception, which I was really excited to go to because it was at the Andy Warhol Museum, and I really wanted to see that. On my drive on an unfamiliar highway in western Pennsylvania, headed to the Pittsburgh airport, I got a phone call. It was from a local number where I was from and decided to pick it up. It could be a work call. It could be, who knows? And the voice on the phone was unfamiliar, but he quickly confirmed my identity and said the pathology results from my DNC had come back and I had cancer. He said the word cancer like a million times. All I heard after that was, you'll probably have to have a hysterectomy. It's the only way to take care of it. And I just tried not to cry on the phone with a stranger, alone, in a car, driving on some random Western Pennsylvania highway. So needless to say, I pulled over as soon as I could, got off the highway, found a gas station with a parking lot, pulled in and parked my car. I didn't know what to do. For a long time, I just sat in silence. I sat crying over the word cancer. And I just, I didn't know what my next step should be. I have a friend who lives in Chicago and we talk daily, usually through Facebook Messenger. So I messaged him and told him that I had cancer. He too was on the interstate driving home from work and he said, I'm going to pull over and call you. He doesn't talk on the phone. So he called me. And I just lost it. I cried and I screamed and I cursed and I just lost it. And after going through all of those emotions, we set forth a plan. I needed to tell my boss because I needed to go home tomorrow, not on Friday when I was going to. I needed to call my parents. I needed to let them know. I was actually flying from Pittsburgh to Indiana to record some music for my sorority, and I needed to let them know. I started making a to-do list, because that's what I do. I made all the phone calls I needed to make for logistics, and then I texted my brother. (laughs) I think I texted him something like, hey, I have some really big bad news. Should I tell mom and dad on the phone now or should I fly home and tell them in person tomorrow? And he responded, "Um, can we talk? So I get him on the phone 
and I start crying because apparently that's what I do now. I just cry. And he started asking questions. Are you pregnant? Was his first question. No, I'm not pregnant. What is it? I said, I have cancer. He got really quiet and he said, I'm sorry. And he said, call them. They need to know. So I hung up with him and called my parents. My mom answered and I promptly asked her, is dad there? It was right around the time where he could be home, but he may not have been home depending on his commute that day. She said, yes, we're about to sit down for dinner. What's up? I asked, can you put it on speakerphone? Well, I later found out she thought that I had like gotten an award. So um, she said, sure. She put it on speakerphone. And I said, the results from my DNC came back and I have cancer. I'm working out the details to come home tomorrow. My parents are great. They said, we love you. Get home soon. We'll see you tomorrow. So the next step on my to-do list was to call Delta and figure out how to get home. Delta is amazing. This is not sponsored, by the way. They worked out with me because I had a return flight. All I had to do was pay the difference in the ticket. They would waive the change ticket fee. So for 80 bucks, I changed my ticket. The next step, I still had to drop my rental car off and get back to the hotel. So I did just that. After getting back to the hotel, I went into full research mode. I watched every YouTube video about somebody with endometrial cancer. I read every article I could. And everything was pretty positive. Everything was, if it's caught early, which mine was, you have a really good prognosis with a hysterectomy. It was coming to grips with the hysterectomy part that was the most difficult. See, I was 32 and had recently been dumped and children were not in my immediate future. So I was wondering what my options were. That night, I was unable to sleep. So... I ordered some sushi, tucked up, and watched the entire season of Blown Away on Netflix. It really is an incredible show. Check it out. Not sponsored. Because I didn't sleep that night, I got up early, took a shower, packed my bag, and left for the airport. And I sat in the airport and waited for my flight. I figured I had waited in my hotel room long enough, might as well have a change of scenery. I got home later that day. I went over to my parents' house and just kind of soaked it all in. My mom is the best researcher I know. She has a doctorate and she just wants all of the information she can gather. She too had gotten little sleep the night before and had done extensive research on different options and what uterine cancer meant for me. We talked through a lot of things and were mostly hopeful because of everything we had read. I called that day to schedule an oncology appointment. And to my surprise, they had one on Friday, just two days later. There must have been a cancellation or something. So Friday came and I went to the cancer center. My mom came with me and it was so weird. I didn't feel sick. I didn't have any issues other than the heavy bleeding that I thought the DNC had taken care of. Sitting in that waiting room really made me think. It made me think of everything all of these people had been through. Many people had no hair. Several looked gaunt and sickly. 
I thought about all of the chairs in there, family members who sat with their loved ones, patients waiting for that appointment that would give them the news they had hoped they'd never hear. I was called back and the doctor performed an exam and asked, do you want children? Of course I want children. I don't know many women who don't want children. I was 32 and I knew my time was ticking, but I had always wanted to be a mother. I thought about her question and answered, yes, but I don't want cancer even more. She took that as an affirmative, we are moving forward with the surgery, and we didn't even really discuss fertility-saving options. I wouldn't say I have regrets about my decision to have a hysterectomy, but I wish I had thought about it a little bit longer. The doctor left, and her PA came in to discuss scheduling the surgery. Now, I was supposed to be in Chicago in just three weeks for a work trip that happened to coincide with Nathan's birthday. And I hadn't seen him in years, and I really wanted to spend his birthday with him where he lived. So I asked, can we delay the surgery a few weeks? Much to my mother's dismay. And the PA said, well, what if we could schedule it soon enough that you could be well to go on your trip? And I said, really? Yeah, the surgery is robotic. You really won't have a long recovery time. So I said, okay, when are you talking about? How was next Tuesday? Just four days. Less than two weeks since my DNC and one week to the day I got the diagnosis. We jumped at the opportunity because I didn't want cancer in my body. I wanted it out. I went home tried to enjoy my weekend, which really just consisted of calling all of the people you needed to call before you posted on Facebook. And I went in and had my surgery on Tuesday, July 23rd, 2019. They left my ovaries, so I didn't go into menopause, which I'm grateful for. But, you know, there's something missing. The pathology report was fairly good. The tumor that they found in the uterus was so small, it probably wouldn't have shown up on a scan. After my doctor received the pathology report, her recommendation was just for what we called surveillance. I would have a follow-up appointment every three months for two years, and then every six months for another three years. It seemed like everything was tied up into a neat little bow within two weeks' time from cancer to surgery to healing. We would learn that there's so much more to the story and there's so much more to unpack. Even though my surgery removed all of the cancer we could see, there's still a vast void of knowledge about gynecologic cancers. I joined a group on Facebook for young women with endometrial cancer. I needed to know that someone had a shared experience. I read their stories, liked their photos, and really became part of a community. I love my peach sisters, but a thread that ran through every post and every comment and every story was the lack of knowledge about their disease. How many people weren't believed for their pain or were brushed off as just being a period. So the more I looked into it, they were right. I was so fortunate 
that with just in a couple months time, I went from being symptomatic to having a complete hysterectomy to remove my cancer. That's not a common story for people with this kind of cancer. Gynecologic cancers are some of the least researched cancers in the world. I thought, what can I do? How can I use my story? How can I be a voice for those who don't have one? The answer to that question became this podcast. Every week, we will explore a new aspect of gynecologic cancers and women's health care. My goal is simply to bring awareness to something that six months ago, I knew nothing about. We'll be interviewing fellow cancer survivors about their experience, as well as medical professionals. We want to build a community and bring awareness to this topic. It's something that I didn't know about, and the signs and symptoms are all there. I didn't know what to look for, so I want to help spread the word to help women be down there aware. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Each week, we'll discuss a new topic surrounding gynecologic cancers and women's health care. Next week, you'll hear from my mom, Mary, as she shares her perspective as an advocate and caregiver. We'd appreciate if you would subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening to and go ahead and leave us a review and rate us five stars if you like us. And don't forget to check us out on Instagram at down there aware. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.